The Nonprofit Happy Hour. A weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do gooders with interviews, music, and documentaries. You're listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X Ray FM, brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org. I'm Rachel Miller-Howard. On today's show, we bring you a conversation with Amy Germain, who's the executive director of Woman Led. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Happy Hour. I am in the studio today with Amy Germain, who's executive director of a relatively new uh, organization called Women Led. Hi. Yes. Hi. How are you? Good. I'm going to read your mission statement, and then we're, we're going to uh, uh, break it down a little bit. So Women Led is a Portland, Oregon-based nonprofit. So far, all this makes sense. Uh, founded in 2016, serves scalable... Women-led companies by convening peer-to-peer mastermind groups. I, I think I understand what women-led companies mean, but define scalable. Yeah, that's a great question. I think we're all trying to define what that means now. Um, but in in terms of women-led, scalable really means concepts that are able to kind of go above and beyond a certain measure. Obviously, a food cart to us isn't scalable. Interesting, but not scalable. Um, but perhaps a software company or um, a bioscience product um, in women's health. Um, these kinds of concepts that women traditionally have difficult uh, times um, raising funds for um, is an area where we've decided women need the most support. So scalable being that that's an area where a lot of barriers exist. Okay, and, and, and let's go through some of those barriers. So why why uh, do women have a difficult time raising funds for these? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, women face a lot of barriers, um, a lot of social barriers, cultural barriers. Um, even though women are two times uh, more likely to open businesses than their male majority-owned counterparts, um, we find that women are twice as likely to not get funding. Um, so... We have barriers that exist like child care. Um, and we're talking about funding beyond. This is not Kickstarter funding. We're talking about large scale funding. I large assume. scale. I would also say small scale. Um, oftentimes, $100,000 is all you need and is really difficult to come by for women. Um, we oftentimes don't have the collateral. We oftentimes don't have the standing in the community. Um, funding is typically given in a tribe manner. Um we don't have as many women investors currently um, seeking other women to invest in. So the the more women uh, that are CEOs and business owners, the more likely that women will also gain access to that kind of capital. So from the spectrum, from a very low level of bootstrapping and resources, um, we have very little cash flow, oftentimes no land, no collateral, no inheritance. Um, so you can see that that's a massive barrier to overcome um, to get to the cash flow. 
And 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 um, where where are we talking about this cash flow coming from? I mean, are we talking about uh, angel investors? Are we talking about just straight out loans? What are what 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 are we talking about? Well, there's a spectrum um, depending on how far you can scale your business up. Um, I would say that there's a kind of a lower level spectrum of just getting started, um, enough money to get you launched, all the way through product development, commercialization of a large scale manufactured product, um, which you know, could be in the millions of dollars. So um, most women tend to bootstrap um, and bring up with very small resources a launch phase that will generally move them towards VC um, and angel investment. But again, we don't see the numbers in the women's category and the minority category like we do for male majority-owned businesses. So this is kind of like Shark Tank, but for women <laughs> and, and run by a nonprofit and not on TV. <laughs> well, what makes women-led really unique is this: um, they embrace the the concept of the mastermind group and really the system of support, which is what women have traditionally really lacked. Um, and we believe that um, through peer-to-peer -peer mentorship that women can stand on the backs of other women who are in the same space, sharing resources, um, you know, having access to vetted um, partnerships and networks within the community, but also a intimate environment where women can go, I'm scared or I'm feeling weak or I don't know how to do this. Um, and that's a really powerful moment when you can get a group of women um, who underserved population who can use each other as as a way to kind of spur the growth and the movement. Right. So we, we, we started out the conversation talking a lot about financing. And, and I, I apologize. That may have may have set us off on the wrong path mm -hmm. a little bit because it sounds like at the heart of uh, women led the organization is really the peer to peer what you guys call peer to peer mastermind groups. Yes, um, and the peer-to-peer -peer mentorship model in general, which um, we find that in Portland especially, there's a lot of resources in the small business development, the entrepreneurship development, you know, writing a business plan, um, some basic financials. And then there's a, a really um, impressive grouping of business incubators and accelerators. And then you kind of have your, uh, we have a handful of VC and angel investment groups. Um, so throughout that spectrum, we, we really believe that mentorship is a potential bridge between those groups. We could potentially be a, a connector with mentorship from the pre-concept stage, from ideation um, to launch or post, pre or post, um, all the way through to growth. And so the mentorship model really serves along the spectrum, which we think is unique and serves as a, an interesting bridge. Um, something to to um, kind of straddle those gaps in between those areas. Are these different mentors each time? Are, are, is it customized to the uh, woman CEO, or or is this again like Shark Tank and there's the same <laughs> panel of uh, four people each time? Yeah, the groups are actually um, separated by kind of which category you exist in. Are you kind of pre-launch? Um, are you growth? Do you have employees? We try and keep women relatively together, um, intimate groups, eight to 10 uh, women, and they meet uh, uh, almost three months um, at a time. 
Um, and then we accept another cohort of women so that you get kind of sustained, intimate, peer-to-peer mentorship. And then when you create connections, those can carry on throughout the different phases. So we, we tend to group women um, accordingly. Everybody has a different need in each category. And then um, they can obviously reap the, the resources within that. If they want to pursue a higher level mentorship, um, we can make the connections. So I, I just want to make sure that I have the process straight. So there, there uh, every three months, there's sort of a new uh, incoming class. Yeah, exactly. There's an application process. We have four quarters um, and we accept women uh, usually ongoingly, um, but usually then we place them at the quarter mark so that people can take the time to develop the relationships and create a, a kind of a, a bond, if you will. And and uh, what's the acceptance rate? <laughs> well, Women-Led um, has had, since 2016, 40 women come through the programming. We currently have 20 enrolled, um, which for being a tiny little nonprofit with a sub $50,000 per annum revenue, we we know that there's a need. We know that women are feeling isolated. Um, we want to now grow the programming to really fit that need. Um, we're currently um, kind of taking a step back and taking a look at the environment to see how we can better do that. Um, I mean, it must give you a lot of insight into the entrepreneurship world in Portland. What's, what are you seeing in terms of uh, size of business, type of business, uh, 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 spirit of the business? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Portland, I think, is coming up in the startup entrepreneur space. Um, the ecosystem is developing. By that, I mean, um, you see a lot more incubators, accelerators, kind of high value um, VC and angel investment coming in. Um, Portland is a place Although we're small business is very prized. We have your food carts and your um, kind of mom and pop shops and small boutique areas promoted by like William Street and Division. And so you can see that there's a lot of energy. Um, there's a lot of work in the construction business. So um, I think that we have a very robust small business um Space and we have a lot of services in those spaces. Um, we uh, our partners Mercy Corps. Um, we work with Awami. Um, there's all kinds of organizations um, that work with SBA and SBDC, the kind of the small business, um, uh, um, the small business kind of um, pr- service providers, if you will. Um, and we also have a kind of robust um, product development, innovation, bioscience um, sector because of OSU and PSU and the educational institutions. Um, Business Oregon promotes a lot of innovation and commercialization of products that will benefit Oregon in the future. So I think it's evolving. I don't think it's quite there yet. Um, we want to understand it more. We're um, in the process of uh, going uh, undertaking a, a needs assessment so that we can further understand where the gaps are in the ecosystem and where women and minorities really are not being captured. And what do those services look like? Um, What do they need to break down the barriers to really push Portland to the next level? 
Amy Germain is the executive director for Women Led. And now you brought in uh, a song for us. Let's take a, a music break. Um, set up the song for us. Why Why the song? What's what's it, The message seems to be pretty clear with the title, but <laughs> talk to me a little bit about the song. Yeah, you know, um, Be the Change, right? Um, and she, she talks a lot about community and really kind of standing up and supporting each other. And Women Led is that entity. We really believe in the power of standing on each other's backs um, and reaping the the, the resources from our community. You'll you'll hear her talk about um, adding your brick in uh, to the wall. So we're we're really excited about the change that we bring. We want to be the change, and Miriam talks about that. Great. Let's take a listen. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I am joined with Amy Germain, who's Executive Director of Women Led, uh, who is an organization, a relatively new, new organization, uh, that is working with uh, women-led companies, primarily with the CEOs, uh, to help with peer-to-peer 
uh, support and to get women companies launched and jumpstarted. Um, women companies are different than men companies? Yeah, um, we we think to a certain degree, um, women have different needs. Uh, we've kind of touched on women have different social um, characteristics. We have usually children to feed, or we have um, hard time with work-life balances. We have a little bit added um, pressure. So imagine being the CEO of a, a launch company um, in the millions of dollars, um, and you have to juggle that with your home life, um, with also the some of the barriers that do exist for women. To, you maybe don't have a network. You're not, um, you know, you don't have a lot of highfalutin um people at your disposal. And so how do you grow that um, with the confidence and leverage that that a male counterpart would typically have? So yeah, we and we've also heard that women have uh, a greater isolation. So how do women overcome that barrier to become uh, a, a sustained, successful, thriving company? I want to talk about some of the, uh, not necessarily barriers, but challenges that, that an organization like yours has in launching. Uh, um, how, how, do you, how did you get your first group of, of mentors to be part of this organization? You, I mean, you have a, a large number of, of women that are working with you and serving as mentors and advisors. How did you convince them to do this? Well, women-led um, started, as do a lot of grassroots organizations, um, kind of in the meetup space, um, kind of posting up little meetups here and there. Come talk to us about your needs. Um, let's meet up and talk about our challenges. Maybe we can share who our marketing guy is or who um, who can do logos or, um, you know. And so I think that once... Once people start to get together, the momentum drives. Women-led was started by um, a group of women who are ne- still sit on the board. We have two founding board members who really have driven the the value of the organization, who also have their own businesses and are very close to the struggles and created it for their own space to, to figure out how to, to move past some of the challenges that they have. Um, and so Women-led really has kind of taken off um, – just through word of mouth um, and other women saying, wow, you, you really need to, to experience this. Uh, there's resources for us. There's a space where we can feel um, confident and, and get help to, to move to the next level. Sure. And it sounds like it's growing. I mean, it, you had four, 40 women who went through the program in the first two years. And now in this quarter, you said you already have 20 women in the program. That's that's a that's a big jump. Exactly. We're really excited about that. And it was time that women-led, um, if they wanted to move it forward, hired their first staff members. So I just came on a month ago um, uh, to take women-led to the next level, where potentially we have hundreds of women um, in, in the environment. How we're going to get there, um, we're still figuring out where where the gaps are. Um, But we're really confident that through this next year, year and a half, through um, kind of robust program development, that um, we're going to gain more resources and be able to serve many more women in this space. Why why have it as a nonprofit? Why not have it as a consulting business? I mean, there there seems to be obviously opportunities, but also perhaps uh, uh, it's an interesting within... 
uh, the, the free market space that, that you are consulting for these businesses, that you are a nonprofit. That's a different type of organization. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, really, it's for us, it's going to be community-based um, development that's going to get us there. Meeting women where they're at, um, figuring out what the needs are of the underserved population. And it's not just women, it's uh, minorities. Um, there's a huge underserved population that needs aren't met by the current ecosystem. Refugees, immigrants, um, people from the LGBTQ community. Um, so how do we develop programming that really can be inclusive um, and capture all of the needs of the women in that space. Um, so for us, really being a nonprofit and being community-based and having partners rooted in, in Portland, um, such as Prosper Portland, um, the city of Portland, um, and moving those resources into the hands of the people that need them uh, is mission critical. And now, now your background, uh, you, you had worked globally with microfinancing, correct? Microfinancing a little bit um, more so in the economic development space, um, working with disadvantaged populations and emerging economies. So, so that seems like there's some similarities, but some differences there. Yeah, I mean, things work very different domestically than they do internationally, as you can imagine. I just spent the last year in Asia, which is kind of going through its industrial revolution, if you will, um, or technological revolution, um, really, because their technology is um, is growing at tremendous rates. Um, but the needs are different, um, and the gap between the underserved and um, the, the the people in power is is massive. Um, here, there's a spirit of entrepreneurship that goes back to our founding. Um, America prides itself on the ability for anybody to come into this space and own a business and take care of your family and um, you know buy a house if that's what you want. And so. Um, he, We've we've neglected to address some of the challenges in the growing up of that. We still have some social norms that um, that we haven't addressed. Um, there are barriers that exist. Um, yeah, that's really different from being able to put a plate of food on the table um, in Cambodia, say. I, I want to talk about some of the social norms. I, I find it interesting that you're from Atlanta. Uh, and I, yep. I'm going to do a little bit of stereotyping here. Um, <laughs> I spent a summer in Atlanta. I worked for Jimmy Carter one summer. And I was just, it was, it's it's a very uh, gender traditional city. At least it was at the time. Very structured. It's very male dominated in that you had patriarchs. You had, say, had Dr. King. You had Jimmy yep. Carter that were just these strong uh, uh, fathers of the city. Um, I, 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 is that influencing your, your work at all, that culture to grow up in? I think so. I mean, I grew up uh, in kind of the suburbs of Atlanta um, in kind of a small little area, Alpharetta, um, but I, uh, which is very close to the city, um, but still kind of cloistered and, and cut off um, back in the in the 70s and 80s. Um, yeah, I feel like I've had to fight a lot. Um, and I stand here today as somebody that's spent a lot of time working in male dominated um, careers um, and coming from a, a male dominated society like Georgia, where there's social norms, where the woman um, has very um, kind of set out roles. And I didn't pursue that. You know, I, I didn't have children and um, I chose to to travel and work and educate. And, um, and so I have a different path and I've had to really fight and I thought it was me you know I thought 
well, I'm, I'm not doing this right. I'm not doing it something right. Um, and I've discovered that I have been doing things right. Um, there's just a lot of barriers. Um, so I, I, I have a lived experience in it. Um, and I come to the table with um, solutions so that we can we can move all the women forward, whether they're from Atlanta or Portland or, or Myanmar. And, and I mean, that's, that's an interesting comparisons that you have. And, and I would think within those Miramar, Cambodia, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, Portland is, is, is different in terms of its opportunities for uh, women-led businesses, um, or, or am I being uh, somewhat naive? No, I mean, I think the uh, Portland has a unique startup environment um, because it's, come into development so late. Um, we all know that Portland's really experiencing kind of its own little revolution, its own little economic development from kind of being this small town. Um, we're sandwiched in between San Francisco and Seattle, which are meccas for um, massive startup companies. Um, and we have that kind of ta- tech talent, software talent, um, bioscience talent in the area. Um, so I think that there's, a, you know, a kind of energy around this now port not to say portland's the only one atlanta new york have huge massive startup spheres so i think just the the space is receiving its due attention um and portland is got a lot of champions and a lot of people working really hard to kind of have that inclusive um kind of interesting exciting environment and taking advantage of its regional location Amy Germain is executive director of Women Led. Um, Amy, just to, to wrap up our conversation, just an easy softball question: advice for a woman that wants to start a business. <laughs> <laughs> if only it was that easy. Um, yeah, you know, seek out your resources. There's a lot of women who have been in your shoes, um, and they want to share with you. Um, you're not alone, um, and so you can go out into the universe uh, prepared. Go and find other women who have walked in your shoes and can give you advice. It's really the best thing you can do. Thank you so much for your time, and, and uh, good luck with uh, this this new job. Thank Amy, you so much. Amy Germain is Executive Director for Women Led. This is the Nonprofit Hour on X-Ray FM. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is made possible by Beneficial State Bank a certified B Corp that holds to a triple bottom line of social justice, environmental well-being, and economic sustainability. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our producer is me, Rachel Miller-Howard. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, and ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in.